is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. Yes, indeed. I'm Bill Mancaro. And I'm Allison. You are. And that's our LGBT. <laughs> that's the Let's Go Brandon theme this morning. Welcome to the Bill and Allison Mancaro yeah, we're, program. We're going to milk it as long as we can. We, we are <laughs> going to milk this as long as we possibly can. 909 on a Saturday morning. And we always like to begin with a verse uh, to bookend our program. This is from the uh, New Testament. Uh, the book of First John. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That is certainly the truth from First John. Yes, we are, Bill and Allison, back with you on a Saturday morning. And what we like to say around here is that we're sometimes wrong. But we're always right. Allison, what have we got on tap for today? Well, we have a special guest uh, interview, January Weesey, who's the executive director of the Texas Hill Country Wineries, and she has an announcement that all wine lovers are going to want to hear. Plus, we're going to have some Texas history, some local events, real news behind the fake news, news of the weird, and as always, lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. That's most important, especially these days when it's uh, hard to find things to laugh about. Uh, here is something that not to laugh about, uh, but something you want to go to. The Kerrville VA has its open car show today. Registration is uh, from 8 to 11 and judging from 11 to 2 and awards are at 3 p.m. Uh, it's going to be at the uh, Kerrville VA Medical Center and it's it going. all proceeds will benefit patients at the VA hospital, 100% of those proceeds. So there'll be entertainment, food, fun, and great camaraderie. So make sure you you do that today. And... Uh, during the program, we'll uh, announce some other events going on. There's some veteran, other Veterans Day, uh, uh, even though Veterans Day is technically passed, they waited till the weekend. I think it's a good idea to get the most people. Absolutely. And uh, so we'll have a few more events, uh, events to to announce. Now you know what that means. News of the weird. Now this isn't going to start out sounding like news of the weird it sounds more like texas history but i'm, I'm going to give a little background for those who are listening 
who are not local. We, we have we have listeners uh, all over. We even have one in Singapore. And this is a shout out to James in Singapore. Um, the story is about the Pearl, Pearl Brewery, which was started in downtown San Antonio in 1883. They bought Pabst Brewing in 1985, and they transferred their production to Miller Brewing. Um, but Pearl is still being made. Pearl beer is still being made at the Miller uh, facility in Fort Worth. But the news is weird. More than 100 years ago, in November of 1914, a fascinating San Antonio love square. It's not... Excuse me? It's a love square. You know what that means? I don't even know what those words mean. <laughs> what, what is the love Well, you know square? what a love triangle is. Oh, oh, okay. This is a love square. This is a love okay. square. Okay. And it came to a bloody end when pearl brewing magnate Otto Kohler was shot dead by one of his mistresses. <laughs> oh, only. Well, that... <laughs> the more mistresses you have, I think, the more chance of being shot. I exactly. Think is, the, is the lesson there. And uh, Otto Kohler was one of the wealthiest men in the Southwest at the time of his death. Uh, he was a millionaire, which was probably pretty unusual back then. Um, but uh, when he was shot and killed, he was married and dating two women, all three of whom were named Emma. <laughs> all three? I all thought he was three. dating two. Well, he had a wife and, and two, two mistresses. <laughs> and they're all named Emma. They're all named <laughs> He's got Emma. a little Emma fetish there. He, he does, yeah. he does. It, it gets better toward the end. Uh, in 1910, uh, his wife, Emma, was in a car accident that required full-time home care, so Otto hired a home nurse named Emma, <laughs> who was a petite brunette in her 20s. Okay. Uh, soon after, um, they were having an affair. Shortly after that, he met a friend of hers named Emma. I know why he does this. Who was also a nurse. <laughs> so <laughs> if he shouts out, oh, Emma, oh, Emma, he won't be in trouble. Exactly, exactly. Oh, he's smarter exactly. than I thought. No wonder he's a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so so this uh, second girlfriend, Emma, uh, was also a nurse, and then he began having an affair with her. He set up the two Emma mistresses uh, in a home on the south side of San Antonio, and he paid their expenses and gave them a monthly allowance of, one of them got $120 and the other got $50. <laughs> well, that was big money back then. That's true, but why did one only get 50 and the other get $120? <laughs> We'll never know. Anyway, he spent hours with his two mistresses uh, at their home. Um, then uh, the first mistress announced that she was getting married to another man. So Otto asked the second mistress to marry him. And uh, she reje rejected his proposal no. because she didn't want to leave wife Emma sick and helpless. Oh, my. She had some principles. <laughs> but on November 12th, 1914, Otto left the brewery to visit the Emmas. This is the Pearl Brewery now. Yeah, yes, yes, okay. Pearl Brewery uh, at their home. And he went into the bedroom of Emma number two. They had an argument after he tried to kiss her. And uh, she, <laughs> she, uh, she said... She pulled out her thirty-two caliber and she shot him dead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she she told the police, I'm sorry, but I had to kill him. <laughs> wow. 
So that's the fate of the founder of Pearl Brewery. That's it. Wow. That's it. But but years later, uh, during her murder trial, she told the jurors that she killed him in self-defense, and she was found not guilty by an all-male jury in 1918. Well, yeah, that's back then. They rarely convicted women of serious crimes. Oh, okay. Um, But um, Emma, the wife, uh, apparently was not not the uh, invalid that that everybody thought. She took over the brewery and successfully ran it until her death in 1943. And uh, local people, uh, people in San Antonio, know that there is a Pearl Complex, which is where the site of the brewery, and it's now shops and restaurants, and there's also a hotel, which is the Hotel Emma. <laughs> oh, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> and when the hotel first opened its doors in 2014, the owners considered creating a drink called the Three Emmas with the slogan, it'll kill you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a great story. That is a great story. I did not know that story. Allison uh, doesn't uh, doesn't tell me all those stories uh, in advance. So that is a very cute story. Uh, 9.16 Saturday morning. Bill and Allison and Carol with you. And we appreciate you being with us. And I think it's time we've got a, uh, uh, we've got a um, cut from, uh, this is an interview with the Secretary of Energy, Joe Biden's Secretary of Energy, former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm. And uh, she is being interviewed by Tom Keene from Bloomberg Television. And uh, well, you'll, you'll, you'll see, it's a very short cut, so pay attention. You'll, you'll, you'll see what it is. Let me cut to it, if I may. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's hilarious, Energy Secretary. What's your plan for increasing oil production in the United States? And she thinks that's just just hilarious. Uh, this is the Secretary of Energy who laughs hysterically at the idea that we could inter- uh, increase oil production in, in the United States. Uh, we, uh, okay, uh, play, uh, play cut number uh, uh, two, please. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC, and they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. Now, this is the most ignorant Secretary of Energy that I've ever heard of. Uh, America's oil industry is not a cartel. Uh, We are free to respond to market forces as we see fit. But the government's stated goal is to kill off oil and gas and coal, by the way, because they want us all to drive electric cars. Uh, yeah, one, one of Biden's, um, someone he's nominating for, I forget what position it is, she hasn't been confirmed yet, but she wants uh, oil and gas and coal companies to go bankrupt. She said that's, that's their goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the high prices of gas are not a side effect of their policies. It's the intended effect. Uh, they want to get people out of of gasoline-powered vehicles, uh, and that that's that's their goal. Uh, and they're making it by destroying the American oil industry by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, by canceling the other pipeline they're they're talking about canceling, which I'm sure they will, uh, by not issuing permits for drilling. Uh, 
what they're doing uh, is choking the oil and gas industry the way Obama choked the coal industry, uh, and it makes OPEC a lot more powerful. We have to go hat in hand to OPEC and say, oh, please, increase oil production. Well, that's what they say they, want, they do with OPEC, and they don't at all, because they don't want oil. They don't want gas. Right. Um, so that's... But, but, but this is what our energy, energy secretary has to say about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, everything I said is hilarious. Hilarious. Well, that's your, uh, that's your energy secretary. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Okay, coming up after the break, our guest will be January Weesey, Executive Director of Texas Hill Country Wineries. But an event you won't want to miss. We're Bill and Allison Mencaro on the Hill Country Patriot every Saturday morning at 9 on your radio, online at hillcountrypatriot.com. And our new website is firstcoupleoftexasradio.com, where you can listen to our podcast at your convenience. You stand supremely blessed. Texas, oh Texas, your freeborn single star sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong that you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong Our guest is January Weesey, who is certainly no stranger to our audience. Uh, she is executive director of the Texas Hill Country Wineries. Well, welcome, January. Hi, Bill and Allison. Thank you guys so much for having me back. Well, we appreciate you, and we certainly appreciate the uh, Texas Hill Country Wineries, which is the association of uh, Texas, obviously, of Texas Hill Country Wineries, and uh, uh, one of the biggest and fastest growing industries uh, in Texas. Uh, so we're, we're pleased to have you on. You've got an event coming up, uh, and uh, it's, I say coming up, it starts, uh, we're recording this in November, but it also going into December, the Christmas Wine Affair. What, what, what are the exact dates of that? Yes, the Christmas Wine Affair starts November 29th, and it runs all the way through Christmas Eve, so December 24th. Oh, okay. And what exactly is it, for those who so, don't know? 
Yeah. So the Christmas Wine Affair is one of our four passport events that we do each year. And can, guests can purchase a ticket on our website, either a couple's or an individual's ticket. And it's a digital passport, which is really handy. So you don't need to carry a book or paperwork or anything. And you can visit all 42 participating wineries over that, uh, I believe it's 26 days. And you can visit each winery one time and four wineries a day max and you get a complimentary tasting at each winery and then a 15% discount on three bottle purchases at each of them. Well that, that that's a real bargain as as we know from personal experience going to many of the uh, wine trail events. Yeah, they they usually charge what what's the what's the average tasting fee now? Yeah, so we're actually we just talked about this yesterday. We're going to update our average tasting fee numbers after we go through and collect all the information from our member wineries, but it is around 15 to $20. Um, mm-hmm. And it has gone up over the last two years, really, just with more wineries, more wines available, different experiences. So with the ticket, you're really paying for that in one day, visiting four wineries, especially you know if you're paying $20 a tasting. You've covered your ticket cost, which is actually, I should say that, uh, $100 for a couple. So that breaks down to $50 a person. And then an individual ticket is $65. Well, and I, I was just checking the other day, and I don't remember what winery it was, but one of them, their tasting was $25. Yes. And I yeah. I, I think I mentioned this that's to you. That's per person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Per, that's per person. And I think I mentioned this to you before, but... A couple of years ago, friends of ours were coming out during wine month, and even though they were only going to be here for a few days, we bought them a passport because it was worth it. Um, even though they weren't going to be here for the entire month, it was it was worth it in the in the in the pricing. Yeah, it really is worth it, especially if you're you know trying out new wineries. You've got, you know, those complimentary tastings that really get you a great experience and a kind of a taste of what each winery is about. And then, you know, hopefully the next time you get to come back, you can, you know, spread that out and visit different wineries the next time. It's a, yeah, it's a great deal. Absolutely. And uh, we have uh, been on a number of these uh, events for the uh, Texas Hill Country Wineries, uh, Wine Trail, uh, they call them, or uh, this time, of course, the Christmas Wine Affair in end of November and through uh, December, and uh, it's uh, we've met a lot of people. It's a lot. You meet a lot of interesting people. Uh, you know, start talking to people, and uh, became, we've become friends with a few people just uh, just from that. So there's that social aspect of it, which is oh, exactly really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Really yeah, cool. I love to hear that, and you know that really is one of the. The benefits, I guess, if you look at the ticket and the limit to four per day, of course, it's us being responsible and the wineries being as responsible as we can with these tickets, making sure sure that you're not visiting, you know, a a ton of wineries a day, drinking too much and driving. Um, And we've all talked about this. I think Bill and Allison, even four can be a lot for some of us. Oh, Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, after, after you had, if you do go to four wineries, you know, after that, you know, you just your taste buds sort of sort of wear out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So but one of the other benefits is that you're not in a rush exactly. to hit so many wineries a day to get everybody in. You know, you can visit two or three or four one day, and then since the event is so long, 
you, you know, you have plenty of days, hopefully, mm-hmm. if you don't have a job, mm-hmm. right? To go <laughs> yes, well, we... It does give you that opportunity <laughs> to meet people and talk to the staff more. Yes, it is, we, often we have met the, the owner of the winery uh, or and or the winemaker. And uh, you really, you know, they're they're all very friendly, and uh, they they're anxious to tell you about how they make their wine and what their special techniques are, and so you just learn a you you get a free wine education that way. Yeah, so and perfect. Well, oftentimes we will just go to two wineries, and you know, instead of rushing around to four, and and we'll just hang out. You just hang out, have a glass of wine or a bottle, and talk to people. Yeah, it's really good. Well, before we get too too far along, I think uh, we've piqued a lot of people's interest in the Christmas wine affair. Uh, give us not only the dates again, but uh, how to get uh, the the tickets or what is called the passport for it. Sure, Christmas wine affair is November 29th through December 24th, and you can get tickets on the Texas Hill Country Winery's website, which is Texas winetrail.com we do have a little ticket page but there is a really easy ad i guess you could say right there on the home page that'll take you right to it super perfect and uh you do have a limited number of passports available for the christmas wine yeah yeah we only sell 600 tickets um but we don't typically sell out until about a week and a half, two weeks into the event. Okay. So we should have plenty. So people need to go to TexasWineTrail.com and get their Christmas wine affair uh, tickets, uh, bef- you know, right away. And uh, before you leave, I know there's uh, you have another event coming up uh, in January. Tell us about that, please. We do. I'm really excited about this because we have not done one in over 10 years, but we are hosting our winter winemaker dinner. We are featuring our seven board members and wines from each of their winery. It will be at Horseshoe Bay Resort at the Yacht Club on Sunday, January 16th. And we have a great menu from the chef there um, up at the resort. Um, Let's see what I can pull out here. One of my favorites. The herbed pork loin um, with horseradish buttered heirloom carrots, pork belly cracklings. Parsnip puree, smoked cherry gastrique, paired with the High Meadow Winery Neighbors um, wine, which is going to be a perfect pairing. That sounds, mm-hmm. that sounds great. Yeah. So that's January 16th. And yes, sir. How would people, uh, I know you've got uh, just, you told me before we went on the air that you don't have very many seats left for that. It's very limited. We uh-huh. don't actually. So we are... Uh, you know, middle of November now, and we only have 23 seats left. It is limited mm-hmm. to 75 guests. And what we'll do is we'll actually put a, a winemaker at each different table. So our guests will actually sit with the winemaker and, and their guest that's coming with them. Um, and they'll each talk about their wine during the course and whatnot, but you'll have more time to get to know them throughout the dinner. So we're trying to keep it really intimate with that 75 people. Mm-hmm. Re- certainly yeah. recommend that people go to that, for sure. It sounds like it's going to be great. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Again, people go to TexasWineTrail.com to sign up for your winemaker dinner as well? Yes, sir. Right there on the homepage. Great. All right. Well, January we see uh, Executive Director of the Texas Hill Country Wineries. Uh, you are doing great things for the wine industry, and I, I should tell you that. Be- I tell you that because... <laughs> Uh, every so often we will 
shamelessly drop your name while we're at a winery. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we get a little extra tasting or something. Oh, that's great. And, uh, you two are some of our biggest, biggest supporters. We're yeah. actually planning to pull our ticket reports over the last, I don't know, however many years. And when you had just said earlier that you've been to a number of them, I was thinking, I'm probably going to see your name on every single report. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh -oh. I, don't know. I don't know whether I like that or not. <laughs> well, good. Well, great, January. And, and uh, again, uh, thank you for doing so much uh, for the uh, Texas uh, wine industry. You know, you're your contributions, and I've heard this from many, many people, are just uh, invaluable, and you really, you really made a difference. So, thank you for that. Hey, thank Thanks. you, thank you for being with us. Bring me sunshine, Bring me sunshine. in your smile, in your smile. Make, me happy. make me happy all the while. We're Bill and Allison Mencaro on the Hill Country Patriot every Saturday morning at nine, and online at hillcountrypatriot.com. Mincaro on Hill Country Patriot. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. 9.39 is our Hill Country Patriot time. And we're glad to have you with us. Indeed. That's, uh, of course, the popular anti-Joe Biden Let's Go Brandon chant, which, by the way, the uh, White House has denied that they've ever heard it or heard of it. <laughs> They're the only people in the country. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, liar, liar is right, claiming they've never heard of it. Uh, well, now, according to NASCAR president Steve Phelps, he says the Let's Go Brandon chant has created an unfortunate situation, in his words, that, that NASCAR will not condone. Uh, he says that NASCAR will, quote, pursue whoever misuses NASCAR's logo by associating it with Let's Go Brandon. Now, isn't that brilliant, Allison? Isn't that so smart for yeah, NASCAR really. to do that? Really? I mean, to, for NASCAR to get woke <laughs> uh, by condemning the majority of their paying fans? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is unbelievable and actually they are making this bringing the story up because i'd sort of forgotten that that it was at a nascar race and probably a lot of people other people it's a good point too. yeah it's a good point yeah i mean nobody knows who brandon is <laughs> really i know really? very few people ever heard of him but uh yeah do, he uh okay the president of nascar this guy phelps says do we like the fact that it kind of started with nascar and then is gaining ground out elsewhere no we're not happy about that uh so this is the stupidity of these companies that 
turn on their on their base. You know, so many companies, and I, you know, I'm going from memory here, but uh, so many companies have have uh, done things like this, and they found out real quick that was a dumb idea, and they backtracked on it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. By the way, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, recently referred to the Biden administration publicly as the Brandon administration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, need some more of that. You know, Babylon, Babylon B has a good point. Uh, parents who have a son who's who's in sports, who's named Brandon, how <laughs> how are they going to cheer him how do you on? Cheer for him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that is funny. That's. Funny. I thought so. Uh, a couple of local events uh, that I haven't gotten to uh, so far on the show today. Today in Kerrville, VFW Post 1480 is going to have a Veterans Day fundraiser today, Saturday. Uh, it's going to be starting at 11 a.m. till sold out, dine-in or take-out, $12 a plate. And, the, and they're going to have the annual yearly auction that helps veterans. The auction starts at 10.30 today, the viewing at 9.30. And it is open to the public, of course. At, that's in Kerrville, the VFW Post. Uh, another Veterans Day event today in Bandera. Uh, the uh, Veterans Day Spirits of Texas. And oh, okay. uh, you told me Harley would be there. Correct? Yeah, he, he, he mentioned, just mentioned. And we were just there not too long ago. We were there. We were there picking up some of uh, <laughs> Kinky's tequila, mm-hmm. actually. Man in black tequila. Yeah, we're going to go see Kinky and thought we might bring him bring them a little uh, libation there <laughs> anyways veterans day at spirits of texas and bandera veteran benefit information booths from vlb meals for vets and vsbo and uh, so join them there of course the with spirits of texas is at 1107 cypress street in bandera and we have let's see what we got here oh we've got the uh gun and knife show at the ag barn and for those newcomers to Kerrville, that's also known as the Kerr County Hill Country Youth Events Center, uh, today from 9 to 5 and tomorrow from 10 to 4. And I think it's about 6 bucks now. They went up a dollar. Uh, the Texas Gun and Knife Show. So uh, don't don't forget some of those, indeed. Well, I, I have a question for you. you you're talking about NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Why are there no electric NASCAR race cars? I don't know. The since they're, to since that. they're trying to be so woke. Yeah, if they're trying to be so woke, why don't they just limit NASCAR to electric vehicles and yeah, see how far they get? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, it's odd that you bring that up, Allison. Of course, we wouldn't ever plan the show in advance like that. <laughs> uh, the cost, I have some information on the cost to drive an electric vehicle compared with a gasoline car. Uh, this is from Anderson Economics, which is a very well respected uh, think tank. They say there are four additional costs to powering electric vehicles beyond electricity. Number one, the cost of a home charger. Number two, cost of commercial charging. The, number three, the electric vehicle tax. And what they call deadhead miles, which is the time to drive around to find a commercial charger mm. installation. Well, it takes a while, too. We, we have a friend who has a Tesla. And uh, he, he drives from his home in San Diego out to our convention in, in that our company puts on in Las Vegas, and uh, obviously he doesn't have enough enough of a charge, so so he stops on the way and spends forty five minutes uh, charging up his car. Yeah. yeah, although he says he has sushi and beer. But <laughs> Still, do you want to spend forty five minutes gassing up your vehicle yeah, exactly. when you're on the road? Exactly. Uh, well, the average cost uh, for a home charger, uh, they're coupled level chargers. Level one uh, is about six hundred dollars. Uh, to install level two costs $1,600 because it requires hiring an electrician. 
A level one charger uses 120 volt supply of electricity and takes 20 or more hours to charge your vehicle, whereas an L, a level two charger uses 240 volts and can charge in a few hours. Did you know, Allison, last year Texas state senators discussed charging electric vehicle drivers between 200 and 250 for their for each electric vehicle they own every year no. plus another 190 or more if they drive over 9000 miles no because of lost revenue from oh. they're not paying gasoline taxes oh well, that's a good point and a lot of that's states are point. doing that they're that's moving to point. that so that adds to the cost now the subject of course <clears throat> excuse me is the cost of driving owning and driving electric vehicle uh, charging costs vary much more for electric vehicles than for gasoline, uh, by a hundred percent or more from gasoline from month to month or week to week. So the charging costs, it costs you more to charge than it would if you had a, a gasoline powered vehicle. Um, there's significant time costs, as we mentioned, to finding reliable public chargers. You have to drive around to find one, uh, and it can take you 30, 45 minutes, uh, to go from a 20% to an 80% charge. You will never have a hundred percent charge. Uh, you can't fill your tank, as it were, an electric vehicle. Uh, it's very difficult to charge it up to 100%. Uh, the chargers slow down as the battery gets full, filled up. The manufacturers warn you not to do it because there's an additional burden on the battery when you get your vehicle above a 90% charge. So what that means is if the vehicle advertises a range of 240 miles, let's say, on a full charge, in reality, you're going to get considerably less than that. You, uh, you'll get an 80% charge, so you get about 80% of that mileage. And uh, finally, on the cost of an electric vehicle, unlike their reliable gas cars that have 300, 400 miles of range that can be filled up in a number of gas stations across the country, you have to plan out what available chargers uh, is on your, are on your route. So it's more than just range anxiety. Am I going to make it to the next charger? It's a burden of constantly monitoring the charging status of your vehicle. Yeah. Now, we, we have a second home in Rio Dosa, New Mexico. Okay, that's a little over 500 miles. Uh, you can't have a vehicle. There's no electric vehicle I know of that has a range of mm -hmm. 600 miles, let's say. Uh, so I looked at the route from Kerrville to Rio Dosa. Well, okay, the closest one charger, I believe, was Ozona. Okay, and we can make it to Ozar Sonora, one of the two. We can make it there. After that, you have to go from there to El Paso and you can't make it on a charge. Oh, okay. So it's it's impractical. And, uh, and are there charging stations in Rio Doso itself? I don't know. Well, it's sort a, of a moot probably. point. It's a moot it's point. A moot we're, point. We're, we're not going to be getting you one. Can't get, well, you can't get there. We're not going to get a vehicle, but you can't, you can't get there uh, anyway uh, on a, an electric vehicle from Kerrville, as far as, as far as I know. 948 is our Hill Country Patriot time with Bill and Allison Mincaro. And I think we're, uh, we're wrapping gonna, up, aren't we? We're going to take a little break. Okay. You know who that is? The man in black? We were just talking <clears throat> talking about. Kinky Friedman. Kinky Friedman. His Texas Hill Country treasure. We're Bill and Allison Mencaro. Every Saturday morning at 9. Resurrection was the name. Resurrection, that's the name of the song. Resurrection. 
Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison Mancaro, and that's our friend Kinky Friedman. Okay. Bill, do you have some more local events you're going to tell us about? Uh, no, I've run out of local events, Allison. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we talked about all of the uh, Veterans Day going goings-on, Veterans Day celebrations, and uh, but in the... Uh, Oh, by the way, I did want to mention you know, this Rittenhouse trial that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everybody mm-hmm. knows about that. I've been hearing about it. I didn't know until the other day. You know, they, they're saying, okay, if he's not, you know, if he's not convicted, we're going to have riots in the streets, and it's a racial another one of these racial blowups and all this kind of stuff. Did you know that every one of his victims were white? There is no racial component to this. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's right. There is. Everybody's thinking there's some racial component to it. And people are waking up and saying, well, wait a minute, I've been hoodwinked about this. Well, did, did you see the, I was, I haven't watched the entire coverage, but I've watched bits and pieces. And the, the, they were um, playing, I, I guess it was, it was a defense or prosecutor, I forget who, was playing the video where you could see he was being chased down by these people. And you could see um, the the, uh, the prosecuting attorney putting his, putting his uh, hand, um, Head in his hands and saying an expletive. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess the prosecution really screwed this one up. Yeah, apparently. You know, apparently. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we were talking earlier about electric vehicles and uh, the price of gas and oil and, and all that. And if you didn't uh, catch uh, the Secretary of Energy at, at the opening uh, part of the program, we had the uh, a, a cut from the Secretary of Energy, Biden's Secretary of Energy, uh, Let's let's go let's go back to that, Allison. And uh, uh, this is an you know because I've got another comment to make about this. Is the uh, uh, current Secretary of Energy being interviewed on Bloomberg Television? That'll be cut one. Let me cut to it, if I may. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is two dollars eighty nine cents a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? Oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious that uh, the, the, the even questioned, do you have a plan to increase oil production in America? And she thinks that's just, the Secretary of Energy thinks that's just a hilarious question. Uh, so it shows you where her mind is at. Uh, She's pretty pathetic. It is pathetic. Uh, well, the infrastructure bill was just passed and going to be signed into law this week uh, with a big hoorah. Uh, by the way, with the support of Republicans. Yeah, quite a few. Quite, quite a, a few, few Republicans, including Mitch McConnell. and uh, Oh, I didn't realize McConnell. McConnell was behind it. He was supporting it. And uh, so these, these traitorous Republicans, because it's not an infrastructure bill. Uh, there's, there's, there is some money in there for bridges and roads and stuff. But the, it's basically the Green New Deal, the uh, AOC Green New Deal. Uh, the infrastructure bill has a provision <clears throat> to force automakers to install breathalyzer style systems in all new cars starting in 2026. It also has a national test program to collect drivers' data for uh, eventually charging every driver per mile taxes. Wow. Travel fees, they I call guess, them. I guess we better buy a car before 2026. There you go. Yeah. Uh, according to this broadly written legislation, the system must quote, passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may be impaired. But the system could involve something even more Orwellian. Infrared cameras that track and monitor driver behavior. 
Uh, and there's still some of that. We have one. We have a fairly late model uh, mm-hmm. vehicle. And it uh, every so often I'll get a, a noise from the d- dashboard and a, an announcement saying, uh, you might be feeling weary. Why don't you pull over and grab a cup of coffee? Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that's, that's part of the, what they're doing to track driver attentiveness. So this is the the basics of it right now. Yeah, but they are Swedish. But they're going to expand. They're <laughs> going to expand this later on for carbon tax enforcement, such as charging drivers who drive too fast or drive too many miles. Uh, so under the infrastructure bill, the government would collect information, or uh, this is a quote a test program in the bill to collect information about the miles that drivers travel from smartphone apps or some other onboard device. Uh, automakers, insurance companies, gas stations, or other means to find out how many miles do you drive and where do you go. Uh, but the idea still raises concerns about the government tracking people's private data. Uh, you know, climate charlatan Al Gore promoted recently promoted surveillance technology to what he says identify those most responsible for climate change. Wow. Uh, here's a quote from Al Gore: Next year, 2022. We'll have it down to the level of every single power plant, refinery, every large ship, every plane. This is a direct quote from Al Gore. Every waste dump, and we'll have the identities of the people who are responsible for each of those greenhouse gas emission streams. And if investors or governments or civil society activists want to hold them responsible, they will have the information upon which to base their action and holding them responsible. That's unquote from Al Gore. Civil society activists. I guess that's like Black Lives Matter. Wow. You know, Antifa. That's what he's talking about. Hold people responsible for climate change. Oh. It's a it's a hoax. It's a phony deal. And I'm glad the program is almost over because I'm getting. <laughs> I don't know. Just get in my vehicle and keep driving. <laughs> I tell you, nine fifty eight is our Hill Country Patriot time. We're Bill and Allison and Carol, and we are. Wrapping up. Don't they forget. Are. Don't forget to go to some of those Veterans Day events. They're all for a good cause. And also go to our website, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. You, you can, can listen that. to our podcasts twenty four seven. You can do that. You can do that as well. Well, you know what they are. Kerrville VA today. VFW Post in Kerrville is having an event uh, in Bandera at the Spirits of Texas um, store. Uh, all that stuff going on today. You'll go see Harley there uh, right. today. In Bandera. Well, as we say, we're sometimes wrong. But we're always right. Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not at your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. You've been listening to the Bill and Allison Mincaro Show. Heard each Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. on the Hill Country Patriot.